Blog Talk Radio. Well, welcome to our fifth Blog Talk Radio show, Spirit Sisters. I'm Shauna Glidden. And I'm Debbie Surrett. And we are delighted. (laughs) Yeah, we're delighted to have you. And uh, we welcome any new listeners. And uh, for anyone who's a faithful fan of the fifth week, uh, we welcome you back. And uh, today we are going to talk about embodiment and prayer and aligning with the four directions, the elements, the power, and the power of lost prayer. Um, we're really excited to do this show, and um, we've got lots to share with you. And we'd like to just tell people, too, that we're pre-recording this one, and eventually we will do be, be doing live shows that callers can call into, because we'd really like to do that to connect with um, our listeners at some later date. But at this point, we're really trying to establish um, what we're all about and cover some topics that um, can further inform that for you all. So when we do have a live show or we can answer questions or do some readings on air, we don't know what will, it will look like at this point. Um, we, would, we really look forward to that, but we're just at this point really trying to um, put out some information that we have for years talked about and would love to share with you all. So just let you know about that. That's lovely. And um, now we're going to, um, if you're a new listener, part of what we do every week is try to leave our everyday secular busy world and whatever's connected to that outside this space and come into um, a circle that although we are not physically together, that we can connect um, because really there is no time and space. So it doesn't matter when you listen to this or how you listen to this. Um, Debbie and I are doing this from different uh, places. Um, Our little cities are apart by 30 minutes or so. Um, So um, we invite you to come into sacred space. This is the time that I really encourage you to get settled and to, you know, make yourself very comfortable wherever you are. Um, If you're driving and listening to this, then, you know, certainly pay attention to the road. But I want you to breathe deeply in through your nose and down through the front of your body with intending to send your energy deep into the earth and to connect with the roots of Grandmother Tree, the oldest tree and the roots that connect us all through the core of of the earth. So we're going to take three big deep breaths up through um, our feet and to the top of our head and down the back of our body and down into the earth to that roots of that tree. And our intention is to send our energy down there into ground. So here we go. Breathe in through your nose, pulling up the energy from the bottom of your feet through your solar plexus up to your third eye, the top of your head, down all of your spine in the back and your knees, out your feet deep into the earth, into that roots of grandmother tree and connect and ground to see yourself tie your energy to her. And breathe again, up through the front of your body to the top of your head, down, down deep into the earth, and tie to the roots of that grandmother tree. And one more time, breathe in, up to the top of your head, down, 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 deep into the earth, and tie to the roots of that tree. Now, wherever you are, settle into your body, into that space. Recognize that this body that you are living in is your container. It is your friend, no matter what you struggle with, or how beautiful it is or not. It is the container that your spirit is residing in. For you are a spirit living in a physical body, not a body with a spirit. It's really important as you breathe to connect with that place. That's where your wisdom lives. 
And I want you to see all the thinking that you have and the list that you're making and the things you have to do next and put them into a bubble above your head that you can reclaim after the show or outside your door in a box. I want you to see it or feel it or just know that that's what's happening with your intention because we all experience these things differently. And take a deep breath. I call to all the spirits of the four directions and the four worlds of Grandmother Earth and to our ancestors and our spirit guides and our power animals and the playful elementals of the light that love us. I ask you to come and be with us tonight to make a safe, gentle, nourishing circle where we can settle into our true self without judgment, without pain and suffering, and into this place of just beautiful light that is truly who we are. All of us in our light place, in our soul, in that wise place, in that place that is curious and wants to know, that learns and grows and stretches and falls and picks themselves back up and evolves into that true nature spirit part of who we are. Breathe into that place, in and out. And in the center of the circle is this universal heart of the Great Mother. And connect your heart fibers, however you do so, to your thoughts, your feelings, your visual, your energy, your intentions. And just put your heart fibers into the connection of Grandmother Earth and her universal heart from always. And as you do, each of the sisters that are on this call now or whenever they listen, do the same. And it connects us and keeps us interdependent. So separate and distinct, for we are individuals, but connected because we are always one. Breathe into that space and send your fibers deep into the earth at the same time and ground. And I invite you to come into your body and listen with your soul as we do the rest of the show. Welcome. Welcome. That's so beautiful, Shauna. I love thank how you. you do that. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. It really is. Thank um, you. I'm so excited about the topic tonight because I've been, well, I'm going to be doing the book of the week. And actually this time it really isn't a book. As far as I know, um, the way I receive this information um, was through a CD set. And um, it was a few years ago. It's by an author named Greg Braden. And probably many of you listening might be familiar with his work. But if you're not, please check out Greg Braden. It's uh, G-R-E-G-G, Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N. And this particular four CD set is called The Speaking the Lost Language of God. And... I reconnected with this actually recently. I had gotten it back. I think it was back in 2006, perhaps. I can't find the date on this cover that I have in my hand, but it is through Sounds True. And the title, again, is Speaking the Lost Language of God. And I absolutely love this, reconnecting with this. And I knew we had to share it in a show. And Greg Braden is probably one of the kindest, most compassionate people that... I think I've ever heard speak Um, and he talks about this lost form of prayer and he's made it his life work he went from being a scientist to being really involved in the esoteric and mystical places of our ancestors and where we come from and where we're going as people as a species and this lost form of prayer just absolutely fascinated me and you might know it as the secret. I remember it was a few years ago that this came on the scene as this movie and book and it's called The Secret. And The Secret was about being able to manifest anything you want into your life. And really there was a lot of um, misunderstanding, I think, initially with how this knowledge was put forth into the world because it it really felt to me, as I watched it, at least the movie part, I didn't read the book, but I'm I kind of felt disappointed in the fact that it really focused more on the material and getting a new house and getting a new car and the things that we are taught by our culture that we're supposed to be happy with. Like if we just get that, you know, 
4,000 square foot house and the four car garage and that that will make us happy. And actually, no, I mean, it's not that those things are bad and such, but they're not the, the true source of happiness. The true source of happiness is you inside feeling connected to power and, and who you are as a person and who you are as a spirit. And then those things you can attract into your life as kind of icing on the cake. But if you don't have the cake first, the icing is kind of pointless. So, well, maybe not, but <laughs> to me it is. So, not to um, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the icing. Okay, okay. Not maybe the cake. Maybe it was a bad metaphor. Maybe it was a bad metaphor. But we're going to a great really... metaphor. <laughs> I was just playing with you. We're going to talk about this form of prayer that's more embodied. <clears throat> so, yeah, after we talk about Goddess of the Week, we're going to get into it. So, uh, yeah. Embodiment and prayer. I'm really excited about this. So hang on to your seatbelts, guys, because this this could be life changing stuff if you've not yeah. heard it before. So yeah. yeah. So we're gonna talk about goddess of the week now. Okay. So the goddess yeah. of the week, befittingly so, is Gaia, and Gaia is the goddess mm. of the earth and prophecy. She's the primordial mother and a personification of Mother Earth herself. So one of the things that I really want you to start to ruminate or unpack or explore is this idea that we as women in particular literally embody Grandmother Earth. Excuse me. We do so because our cycles are literally tied with the moon. Um, and you know, I, it, it, in ancient times, when women lived together, their their menses and their moon cycles were were um, compatible, and they would typically uh, have them at the same time because it's the energy of the earth that lives, breathes, and moves through us, and that power of creation. Um, that is part of Grandmother Earth by the nature of being feminine. It doesn't mean that men do not and cannot connect. They they literally have a spirit womb, so they don't have a physical womb, but they have a spirit womb. And that womb is tied deeply to Grandmother Earth and the powers of uh, the cycles of nature and the seasons. So um, what I would like you to do this week is, to, you know, spend some time exploring what that means for you. You know, if it means going out and walking through a forest, feel that actually from uh, your full five senses. Experience that from the natural place that lives within without your mind as often as you can. Don't worry if you can't get out of your head, that will come over time. Or if it's you know, sitting by the ocean because it it soothes you and there's something natural about that place for you. That's a place of power. So what I want you to do is as you're out in nature, I want you to pray to Gaia to come and show you um, how you are connected to her and what would be the best way for you to regularly have that connection you know if it's prayer if it's meditation if it's spending time in nature you know if it's um uh chanting or yoga you know that that is unique to you so really start to work with the power of prayer and your five senses to be able to move into that relationship with gaia And the goddess of uh, the great mother, because she truly lives and breathes in you. So that's what I would encourage you to do as a ritual this week at some point or regularly, for that matter. And it dovetails perfectly into where we're going today. So um, what I want to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about the four directions so for the next several weeks, we're going to explore a little bit about the directions and the elements and the power that's connected to each of the directions. And for you to have a little bit of context, what I want you to understand is that spiritual cultures in ancient times right up to now in a variety of uh, traditions, Um, whether it would be shamanic traditions, pagan traditions, and even some nature-based religious 
traditions, um, they, they again have that idea that we are connected to the divine. Now, in traditional religion, they look at it as that connection to the divine is mediated by a spiritual elder like a priest or a minister or a nun or a noviate or, you know, someone in a religious role who has religious training who mediates the relationship between you and and the divine and um, that energy. Um, and the premise there is that we need that to be able to have a more deep, clear connection past our ego. In non-religious traditions, we certainly can have that. You know, it's not like we don't have a, a designated shaman in a, you know, a shamanic tradition. Um, but it's more important um, to understand that these nature-based spiritualities look at us being literally the embodiment of the divine. We are God and God is us. We are the creator and creator is us. I had an elder um, during a teaching say that we literally are a cell in great spirit's body. I love that. So what I want you to understand in the context of me sharing about the directions and the power is that that's the framework that we're working within. We literally are an, uh, a cell in Grandmother Earth, in Great Spirit, in the trees, in the rocks. Um, you know, and if you think about it sort of in a scientific way, our DNA literally has been part of the Earth um, when we pass. You know, however we are consecrated into the next level of our being were either buried or we were burned in, you know, funeral pyres back in ancient history or cremated currently today. And our ashes literally and our bones are literally part of, you know, breaking down and being part of the cycle of earth. And that's the same with all animals and, and whatnot. So, so that's the premise that we are working from. And what Debbie and I are talking about today is, is that place of reclaiming and remembering. We were talking as we were preparing for the show that, uh, you know, our job in this, and every lifetime actually, is to remember who we really are past just our skin and bones, past just the face that you see in the mirror and our emotions and, and this lifetime. You know, we are so much more at a deep and profound soul level that goes beyond what we can touch. So part of what we're talking about today is embodiment in prayer. And to prepare for that, you know, when you pray, it's, it's not a mental experience. And Debbie will talk in, in more detail about that. And, and she's got some amazing things to share. Um, but it's more of a, a five senses experience. So in order to pray, you have to be in your body. You know, first, when we start to pray, we're in our heads. So once we get in our body, it, it makes all, all our intentions and our dreams and our prayers have more power. So to do that, we have to be connected to the elements and, and to the earth. And it's an embodied, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental place. It's all of those senses, you know. So... Um, all of the traditions have uh, teachings about what each of the directions are, and they're cardinal and non-cardinal, but we're just going to talk about the cardinal directions, you know, south, west, north, and east. And today we're specifically talking about the south. And all of them have the powers, the elements that are connected, typically animals. And so today we're going to begin with the south. And what I want you to uh, imagine is you are stepping into a circle of those directions that is Grandmother Earth. So, well, for example, um, later we'll talk about the West, which is part of the actual physical, the element is Earth. So when you put your feet on the Earth, you're really in the West. <clears throat> so in the South, it's the element of water. 
And it's everything about water, rivers, uh, drinking water, you know, uh, rainwater, dew, because that's water. Snow that is falling outside the snow. Exactly. (laughs) Snow that is falling outside. So the element Mm -hmm. of water has the power of emotion. It's connected to emotion and, and fluidity. So it's water and fluidity. Because if you think about, so how I want you to start thinking about the elements is what is their naturalness? You know, the beautiful thing about nature, you don't have to tell a cat how to be a cat. It just, it's itself, it's authentic self. We humans, however, spend great deals of of time, energy, and money to be somebody other than our authentic self. So this is <laughs> encouraging you to get invited into your body to find that authentic place that is your naturalness. You know, like um, Debbie will tell you when I do Reiki on her, for example, she literally uses the metaphor of a cat, like I'm pouncing from one thing to the other. Like I'm not a, yep. I'm not like a Zen Reiki master. <laughs> You know, I have this percolating kind of energy and, (laughs) and other people don't have that naturalness that, that, and it's not that my energy is off. That's my, that's my nature in general. I'm a very fiery kind of individual. That's my naturalness. So the more you actually align with your own naturalness, the, the more power you actually have. It is so with elements and nature. And grandmother earth. So if you think about water, water is not static, right? It's always moving. One of the things, for example, if you have a hole in your roof, water will actually find itself to the lowest point to get in, to find its way in, um, because that's its nature. So think about water and feel that element of water. So it's fluid. So it's, it's still sometimes but it's never not moving, right? Even in stillness, it's still moving under the surface. It's, um, you know, it, the waves go up and down quietly, gently sometimes, in torrid storms. It pelts. So it has that full range of intensity, as do our emotions. So you think of the South pairing with the fluidity of water and, its in, and our emotional fluidity. That's our healthy, natural way of being. So the teaching is that you're not supposed to have your emotions just be stuck. That's where we get illness or imbalance or we get stress or we get disease if we have it long enough. We are supposed to, and any therapist will tell you, and in my therapy days, it was my mantra. <clears throat> you have to feel, you have to identify the emotion and it comes from your body, right? Where do you feel it? Like my heart is pounding when I have anxiety or, you know, I'm, I'm agitated or I feel weepy or I feel fragile. That's an emotion. So where is that living in your body? That's the first invitation. And then, you know, how do you move it is the next. And it has to be released. So crying, speaking, running, talking, yoga, you know, you have to do something to move it. That's the nature of water. Water Mm -hmm. literally moves. And what does it do? Have you ever watched a river? I had a spiritual teacher when I was getting an initiation one time, take us to the river to be initiated in the river. And this river had like lots of rocks that were elevated sort of uh, a bit out of the water. So you could see the top of the rocks. And she asked us, as we were standing in this water, because we were working with our obstacles and our challenges, to look at what water does when it comes and it meets the rock. It either goes over the rock or it will separate and go around the rock. Right? Have you ever seen that? Mm. Right. Yep. So that's the element working in its naturalness. And if you align with the element of water more and more every day and and watch it and see how it moves and understand it and connect it back to your own emotions, you can start to utilize water as its natural flowing rhythm and energy and that power to move your emotions and to find emotional balance because that's the outcome of the self. So it's, 
the element of water, fluidity, our emotion, emotional balance, and control. Now, that doesn't mean control stopping the emotion, but like you probably can't have a meltdown if you're sitting in a meeting with your boss. Not that there's anything wrong with that emotion. It's just the wrong place for that to unfold. (laughs) So control (laughs) is more about balance, not trying to put a lid on something. But so, for example, if you are, in fact, in emotional balance, if you're having a difficult meeting with your boss, you will have emotion, but you will be able to still work through something and be able to move that energy without necessarily having a meltdown in his, his or her office. So it's, it's making peace with the fact that you are human and you have emotions. It's allowing those emotions to move in the right time and space, because water does that as well, to finding the element of water to help you. And you can literally call. Once you start making a, a regular relationship with water and the South, you can start to call that power to literally help you in times where you are struggling or you're overwhelmed or, you know, you don't know what to do with an emotion. And the other piece about the self, which I absolutely love, it's about trust, truth, and innocence. And it's the innocence of a child, not the immaturity of a child, but that open, curious, playful kind of um, exploration what's the word explorative place of the child you know that believes anything is possible that can tie into spirit um i I went to the chiropractor today and i had i love my chiropractor she is magic Mm. that woman anyway we were talking a baby was in before me and what a magical little being and we were talking about you know the power of chiropractic with babies and she literally said you know it's amazing to watch them because there's no resistance in what they're doing. Like they take chiropractic um, naturally and it's like effortless for most of them. And that I said, that's because they don't have the programming that says, well, this is going to hurt or that's going to this, or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is true with spirit. They babies and children feel spirit naturally. We have to be sculpted mm. and molded and redefined to say, well, that's not real, to the point that we forget who we are and our relationship to spirit. So, you know, I want you to start to work with the water. By, you have to go out and spend time in water, you know, looking at water, playing in water, seeing how it moves, or, you know, YouTube water. Like, do things that actually start to help you to have a regular understanding of the water. And then I encourage you to take some kind of offering, and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be tobacco, it can be food, it can be flowers, it can be a rock, it can be, you know, something that's a heart giveaway for you. And go to some water and offer the water that giveaway and ask it to start to teach you the power of the water and its elemental, uh, uh, you know, that elemental energy of emotional balance and control and being fluid and not afraid of the power of your emotions and, mm-hmm. and the natural way of coming into your body so you can have a right relationship with the element of water, with your body yeah. and its emotions and with spirit. I just had such a big aha listening to you, Shauna, because um, one of my fascinations is with emotion and when emotion gets stuck. And so often when I'm doing healing work, I sense that a pain that's chronic in a body is often stuck emotion. And I connect with that emotion. And the minute I connect with it and acknowledge it, it seems like the the pain or the condition seems to start to resolve. Because it's stuck. It's not that the emotion itself is bad. It's just that nope. it's stuckness is when things don't go well. So, exactly. and we're also, and we're taught in our culture, especially in North America, um, to, you know, keep our emotions in check. That means right. you're, pow- you're, you know, you're, you're strong or you're exhibiting some kind of strength. But actually, the, the opposite is true. The, the more vulnerable yes. you are and the more willing you are to allow those emotions to flow, 
that is your strength. And that has been my greatest teaching in this life because I was taught growing up to not show my emotion, to keep my emotions in check because they were uncomfortable for other people and they were embarrassing and you should be ashamed of them. And, you know, don't, they're private. You don't express them. And so it's such a powerful teaching um, about emotion because emotion is, is part of our power. And that's what's so important to hear. It yeah. truly is. And, and the, the I last piece I want people to recognize that that includes anger, right? Because anger oh, is yeah. a anger in its yeah. right balance, not rage, but anger. Yeah. Rage is yeah. happening only because you suppress anger, not you, yeah. but like the world suppresses yeah. anger. So if we yeah. allow anger to move in its proper place, it's actually an energy of action, it's mm. what makes us mobilize. So energize you. Yeah. So, yeah, so exactly. all those things about the self, trust, truth, and innocence. So it means trusting the truth of the power of your emotion and their innocence when they are in balance. So that includes there's innocence and naturalness in your anger and sorrow and happiness and joy and pain and suffering. That's, that's the natural condition of being alive. And if we can stop shaming ourselves and one another about having those emotions and allowing this natural place in nature to soothe and nourish us, then we will continue to grow and to make more comfortable within ourselves those places that are stuck to release themselves with with less effort over and over. You know, I don't get stuck the way I used to anymore, and I, I certainly move them, but it doesn't mean I don't have emotions. Mm. So it's all about being in the body, which, you know, Debbie's going to talk about in the next segment. And, and it's just such a powerful reminder of why we need to be connected to the directions, the earth, and to our body and, and our five senses. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Shauna. That was amazing. Um, so I'm going to talk about a little bit about this is this is really cool, and it's taken from this Greg Braden speaking the lost language of God. Um, he basically talks about this lost form of prayer, and in the North America, especially, we're taught to pray through usually through a religion. So religion will tell us there's these certain prayers, you know, you say at certain times, like the Lord's Prayer um, is an example. You might be led through prayer by the priest or the minister leading your church service. Um, And those are are amazing and wonderful. And if they bring you together with your community and they bring peace inside, of course, they're useful and they're wonderful. There's also ritual prayer that you do maybe at home. Maybe you pray before you're going to eat a meal or before you go to bed or, or maybe um, you have a little altar at your home and you pray for your um, children's health and you know, people you love. Um, my grandmother used to do amazing thing. Her daughter, my aunt, lives to the west of us, way far in the west in Canada. And she used to go out every time on her birthday as the sun was going down and she'd blow a kiss to oh, the west. And that was that. a way for her to say happy birthday to my aunt, her daughter. And that is a prayer. So there's no right or wrong way to say a prayer. There's no right or wrong way to do a prayer. And there's no right or wrong prayers. They're all beautiful and validated and, and wonderful. And they serve a purpose if they're keeping you... Um, connected to something that's bigger than you. The fourth kind of prayer, uh, well, the the third kind of prayer, I could say. So the first of all was ritual or institutional, um, the formal, more formal prayers or the ritual prayers that you do. Then there's also the colloquial prayers. And God, we've all been there. You know, maybe your gas tank is almost empty. You forgot to get gas that morning. You got to get to work. And you know you're driving in on fumes and you're just saying to the universe, please, for the love of God and mother of Jesus, get me to work. I swear I'll get to the gas station next time. I'll never do this again. And, and of course, a few weeks later, you find yourself doing it again, but that's another story. 
<laughs> so those are the colloquial prayers. Those are the ones that we come up with, you know, from the uh, one that, it, you know, you could probably remember if you ever saw the movie Eat, Pray, Love is when the character Elizabeth gets on her knees in the bathroom and she's saying hello to God for the first time in her life. And she said, I really, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. That's a colloquial prayer. It's a petitionary prayer. Um, and that's typically what we're familiar with. You know, more of us that, you know, maybe don't go to church every week, we, we tend to do the petitionary prayer or the colloquial prayer. The fourth kind that we're sort of familiar with in the West is the meditative prayer. And that's when you really aren't saying anything, but you're just connecting in silence to something that's greater than you. So it's some kind of, you know, ritual that you're doing. Maybe you're like a candle, you just sit in quietness. Maybe you're listening to beautiful jazz or new age music, whatever connects you. Perhaps you're in nature, you're walking through the woods and you're just connecting to the trees. And that's a meditative prayer, just to be connected to something bigger and, and beyond yourself. But this is another type of prayer. This is the fifth kind of prayer that this Greg Braden and many like him have sought to find. And it comes from um, a lot of different places, but it seems to go back to a sect of uh, a major Jewish sect back in the period of the second century BCE to the first century of, of after Christ. Um, and these people are called the Essenes. And they seem, not much, much is known about them, but they seem to be located along the northwest shore of the Dead Sea in an area called the Qumran area. And you can really research more into this, but it's, it's, um, it's a fascinating people. They were much fewer in number than the other sects, but they were still in the hundreds of thousands, or probably tens of thousands. They seemed to live in various cities, but they congregated mostly in communal life. And they were very dedicated to observing daily rituals of cleansing in cold water, purification, praying, working their fields, which they considered an honor because they were working with the elements. They were very, very connected to the elements of fire, which is the sun, and fire, which they cooked with, and the earth, and the air, and the water. And they observed the, the cycles of nature very closely, and they were very, very close to their families, and they tended to dress in white. And they were also vegetarians. They didn't eat flesh of animals. They were completely abhorrent of that. And some sects were, were believed to be celibate, although they did have families, so not all of them practiced celibacy, but they certainly were more monk-like. Um, they had mystical traditions. And one of the mystical traditions were actually captured in what is now known as the Dead Sea Scrolls. And you may be familiar with this, but if you're not, I really encourage you to research into the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's absolutely fascinating. They were discovered in 1946, and they're believed to be centuries and centuries old. After the uh, crucifixion of Jesus, the Essenes were persecuted, were heavily persecuted, which suggests that they probably were connected in some way to Jesus, or Jesus was greatly influenced by their um, ideas of non-materiality, um, being connected to the earth, um, a lot of things that he taught about you were, you know, have I not said you are gods? Um, and in these uh, beautiful scriptures and things that were found were amazing. They were the original, the third known oldest original version of the Hebrew Bible. I mean, it's amazing stuff that I mean, these scholars were just blown away by. But between 1946 and 1951, they were um, researched. And in amongst this is this lost form of prayer. And you'll see this lost form of prayer also showing up in the Hopi tribe of North America, the Navajo. And what it basically entails is this. You don't ask for something in this form of prayer. You simply feel with all of your senses, your sight, your sense of smell, your touch, your taste, everything that you can imagine, what it would be like to actually experience the thing that you're wanting to have happen. So, for example, if you're praying for rain because you've, the area you've lived in has had a drought, you would pray in this lost form of prayer, which I call the embodiment prayer, you would feel the mud between your toes because of the earth being so wet with the rain. You would feel the rain on your face. You would feel your garden, your grass growing really strong and 
and beautiful and lush under your feet. You would hear the rain on the window. You would taste the rain on your tongue. You would smell the rain in your nose. You would absolutely, with every form of every sense you have, you would feel the rain. And then you would give thanks for the rain, and then you would let it go. And not have attachment to when the rain would show up, but just trust and know that because you have felt it and you've claimed that experience, that it is going to happen. So that is the lost form of prayer that was found in these Dead Sea Scrolls and indeed found all over the world in different ways and forms. And what Greg Braden speaks about in his beautiful 40s CD set, Speaking the Lost Language of God. And I encourage you to um, practice this. And here's what's interesting is the act of thinking a thought, which is, let's say, I want more rain or I want rain to happen. You attach a feeling to that thought, which would be either love or the opposite of love, which is often called fear. Or when you really break it down, there really is no opposite of love. It's just one emotion. Um, But love and then the emotion behind what the rain would feel like, you're actually aligning yourself with thought, feeling, and emotion. And it is said in these scrolls, when thought, feeling, and emotion become one, you can say to the mountain, move, and the mountain will move. And this is real. And this is real magic. And this is our birthright and something that was, I don't know if suppressed would be the right word or forgotten about or, you know, it seemed probably to the early people of those times probably pretty threatening. If they're trying to invent a new religion and control people and keep them kind of quiet and and reliant on an external force, there really would be less... Uh, wanting of teaching people how to do this for themselves, how to create what they wanted to show up in their life for themselves. But the truth is, is that every single day of every single moment, we are always having thoughts. We are always attaching thoughts to our feelings and our emotions. And what shows up in our life is because of those thoughts. And that's why when people say, it's not if you are happy, um, or it's not when you get things, you're going to be happy. It's, it's you'll be happy first, and then things will show up. And all about the mag, you know, attracting things that you want in your life. You are literally doing this prayer every single minute of your life, whether you're conscious of it or not. And that is the most aha moment for me when I heard that. I went, "You're right. I'm always having thoughts. You know, I'd like to think that I'm, you know, can quiet my mind, but." It's it's not often that I really do, and none of us really do, although we'd like to. Um, however, if you're always having thoughts and you're always aligning thoughts with your feelings and emotion, then you're doing this prayer every single moment of every single day. Think about that. That is the attraction point of everything that shows up in your life. So, of course, whatever shows up in your life is is a mirror of what you're thinking about and who you are. So you become, like the Buddha said, what you think about. And that is one of the biggest truths and secrets of our lifetime. And I think that alone, if you embody that and you embrace that with all of your mind, body, and spirit, that is life-changing. And you know yourself, you hit a crisis mode, you you think about, you know, oh my gosh, I've, I don't think about life at all the same after this event and your life did change. It was because you had a paradigm shift and that paradigm shift caused you to have different thoughts and caused you to have align those, align those thoughts with different feelings and emotion and your life had to change because it mirrors always what's going on in your interior life. So, so this is why this knowledge, this lost form of prayer is so powerful to learn about and to study and to embrace in our lives and I'm still learning how to do this and really use this consciously because we're using it consciously or unconsciously. It's our choice, you know. So once you hear this information, you can't unknow it. And I'll tell you a really quick story about 
when I first heard this information, I was listening to a CD set by Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, and it was a lecture series, and I was listening to it in my car, and I really found it quite interesting. It was called Manifesting Your Destiny, and they were talking about this Japa prayer or Japa meditation where you make the sound of awe, which is the main sound of creation, and you feel the thing that you want to manifest into your life. So I thought it was a pretty cool idea. And then, of course, at nighttime, you do the sound of OM, which then is the sound of what has shown up or what has been created, and you feel gratitude for whatever has shown up in your life. So I've been listening to this for a few weeks, thinking it was pretty cool. And this one day, I was just putzing around my house. I had My kids were really small at the time, and I really needed garbage bags. I was out completely 100% out of garbage bags. Needed I one for my garbage story. in the kitchen. I know this is freaky. I love so, this and I think, story. I think I was, I was just not thinking about anything really in particular, but I needed a garbage bag. And I just remember thinking at the time when I discovered that I was completely out of garbage bags, um, oh, well, I'll just have to get it when I get to the grocery store and I think I even had a little moment where I quickly thought about me at the grocery store picking up a box of garbage bags you know like like you do you just these little thoughts just kind of flick in your head but there was no doubt that I was going to get another box of garbage bags like there was absolutely no doubt it was going to happen so I don't think anything of it I go outside with my little boys I think they were just like two and four at the time and my two-year-old suddenly gets this thought in his head he's going down this certain little path um, where we lived at the time was on the edge of the uh, coast of Nova Scotia there was bear what's called the barrens was behind our house and it was basically waist-high thorn bushes wild blueberry bushes things that were very scratchy and pokey to a little two-year-old whose eyeballs would be about at the same level as everything dangerous and pointy. So for him to go down this little path, which was a deer path, um, I really didn't want him to go. And he insisted, and it was really odd for this little boy because my little second son, Avery, was usually pretty... Um, I could I could negotiate with him more than my firstborn. He was just someone I could kind of distract and go, oh, no, you don't want to do that. You can do this. And note that day he was not having it. He was going down this little path, and I said, well, what the heck. So I'm behind him pushing the pokey branches out of the way and the little pokey things and hoping to God his face isn't all scratched up. And and he walks down this little path, and it's, it's about as narrow as he is, so it's not very narrow, just narrow enough for a deer to go down. And under a pine tree, I kid you not, just behind our house, about a few feet, uh, probably 10, 20 feet, is a perfectly folded up, brand new garbage bag. And I'm looking at it, and I'm blinking my eyes going, am I really seeing a garbage bag right now? Because how did that get there? I know my husband or I would never have thought in a million years to put a garbage bag back in this path because we don't walk back there. It's just not a place we go. And for literally kilometers in every direction, there is just nothing but wildness and scratchiness and pokey branches. So even if it blew in from a neighbor's house, it would have been caught up and ripped up and blown to pieces. But this was a shiny, brand-new, perfectly folded up, garbage bag thank you very much so i remember looking at it picking it up looking to the sky and saying thank you Om, because i thought is this teaching me yes this manifesting thing is real and you just did it thank you very much and i just and then avery just decided he wanted to go back he didn't want to go any further so he led me that little two-year-old who was completely connected to spirit at the time, I know he was, to teach his mama about manifesting, led me to the garbage bag. And it was the most incredible thing that ever happened. And from that time on, I knew there's something to this. I don't completely understand it yet because I have a head about as thick as six inches of cement, but I need to look at this more. And, you know, it, it keeps showing up in different forms. There is the manifesting your destiny, the Joppa meditation, which I encourage you to Google if you haven't already done that. Um, the incredible Wayne Dreyer and Deepak Chopra were just amazing in this lecture series. It's just incredible. This, the secret showed up. And, of course, it was a little bit, you know, a little twistied up. Commercial. Capitalism and greed. And, yeah, it was yeah, a little commercial. commodified. Yeah. 
And again, it showed up in this Greg Braden. So it's not lost information. It's just that it's forgotten out there for us to, it's forgotten. It's not lost. It's just forgotten. Exactly. So it's there for you all. It's there for us all. It's there for me. It's there for you. It's, it's something that we all can do. And, um, it's important to use your entire five senses as much as you can. Hold for 16 seconds. That's what I've read in another book called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And I can't from remember the author's name because I lent the book to somebody and I didn't get it back. But the name of the book is called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And it's an amazing book. And she talks about the same same stuff, which is so cool. It's showing up just in different little pockets and different language. And you think about the thing that you wish to have. You feel it with every fiber of your being, your all five of your emotions and beyond. And then you just let it go. And don't expect it to show up at a certain time. You just surrender and let it go. And let me tell you, magic will happen. Because well, it, it has to. It's a lot. I love that story. And I'll tell you why. For a multitude of reasons. Yeah. That story is a perfect example of what I was talking about, about the power of the South. Your yeah. little one was, as you said, so plugged into spirit with no mm-hmm. filtering interference that yep. he led you because he felt you and the yeah. energy and was moved yeah. by the energy because energy follows thoughts. So once you have a thought, you are so right. We manifest whatever that thought is, whether oh, yeah. we're conscious of it or not. And mm-hmm. so here you were in your naturalness without angst and whatnot. Like, so you didn't resist mm-hmm. the fact that you needed the bag. No, you, no, it was, you, it was just like, oh, I need a bag. I need a garbage yeah, bag. Yeah, and you fluidly oh, okay. went into yeah. the energy of movement, which is part of the South. And your little one was a physical manifestation of that energy and brought you right to what you wanted. So if if you think about that, you know, obviously it was a wonderful experience physically, but it's it's also a metaphor for truly what is possible in in our lives. And I love the way that you've shared this information with people because it's it's it sort of takes it it's still mysterious enough that it's playful and you know, kind of magical, but mm-hmm. it, it it also takes it into that realm of, you know, psychology has figured out that every thought we have, you know, creates the way in which we behave. Mm-hmm. So spiritual teachers just say our thoughts, you know, make uh, energy happen. So yeah. we are energy beings all the time manifesting things. And so, you know, the key for us is to feel our way through life, which is the essence of your story. And, those yeah. Teachings, yeah. you know, feeling yeah. your way through life and allowing yourself to have that emotional balance because you express it when you need to and you move it when it needs to and you sit with it at the right time until it's ready, you know? Yeah, so exactly. it, it's well, and, truly about uh, being um, in balance. It it truly is, and and you know the idea that our thoughts create a reality. Yep. Um, you know the steps in that are the thought creates a change in our bodies, which is chemical yep. and biochemical, which has been proven by science that our bodies cascade with with either life giving chemicals or life taking away chemicals. To be exactly. very plain spoken about it, yep. and that affects the bioenergy field of our bodies which is hooked into the bioenergy field of creation so literally our thoughts connect to um, connecting to our emotion which changes the biochemical energy of our body which then is connected to emotion or to creation so that there is no barrier there. Disconnect. It's, it's, no, there's no disconnect. There's no disconnect. You either no. are consciously aware you're doing it right. or you're not. Or you're not. And, and, and that the, is really the essence. Yeah. And the other part yeah. of that essence is we are made up of, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but I think it's like 75% water or 72 or 70. Yeah. And so water and the element of water um, is really important to connect with because it's literally a lot of who we are. And think about it. Water is literally an, an energy conductor. 
I was telling Debbie that yeah. when we did some electrical in our basement, we have an older house, and we also used to rent an older house way back. And both of these houses have grounding wires that are very big underneath our electrical panel on the ground by where our sump pump pumps the water in and out. So they literally put mm. it inside water where it's conducting. So, you know, water is a conductor of energy. Yeah, So absolutely. emotion yeah. is that conductor. So yeah, you connect sure. with those things and keep that clear and clean and fluid. And that is how we manifest. So yeah, it's true. I'm aware water that we have a conduit. Yeah. It is the conduit. It is. So I'm aware that we have about five minutes left. So um, I would like to be able to close the circle. Was there some other, Absolutely. was there something else you no, wanted I, to share? No, I was just going to mention another book, um, if our listeners aren't familiar with it, called The Messages of, The Hidden Messages of Water or The Message of Water oh, yeah, um, yeah. by a Dr. Emoto. And he was right. a Japanese scientist. He recently passed away. I think he gave a lecture here in New Brunswick not long ago, oh. which I wish I had have attended. But um, his work was in the... Uh, filming and photographing the the crystals that water form when different intention is sent to it or oh, knowledge yeah. is sent to it and uh oh my gosh blow your mind it, it's absolutely mind-blowing when you look at what love will do to water versus you know hate or anger or the negative emotions that are opposite of love and and so I encourage you to look into that as well so yeah i think water is the key here you know it, that connects your thoughts creation and you know by thinking thoughts you change the chemistry of your body which changes the molecular structure of water which connects to your biomagnetic field which then is hooked into creation so boom there get out in water or soak in the tub (laughs) okay Yeah, or so good the water That's clears right. your, you know, your energy field too. That can totally. fall bath and oh, Absolutely. we could go on for hours. We yeah, could we could talk for, sure. for hours about this stuff. But yeah, let's close the circle. Okay. Yeah, so sure. I, I call to all that I have prayed to tonight, and thank you deeply and profoundly for this wonderful opportunity to share together and these beautiful teachings and the ancestors that have brought these teachings to us forward into now. I thank you all for coming to be and sit with us to the universal heart of the grandmother, to the powers of the directions and our ancestors and each one of you, dear sisters that are listening. May we all continue to love ourselves a little more deeply and to appreciate the naturalness that comes within and share that and are shining with others. I close the circle and thank you and release you. Ashe, ashe, ashe. So, um, Debbie and I have some things we'd like to share with you. Um, we only have a couple minutes, but um, Debbie and I are both mediums and psychics, and we do uh, reading. We're also Reiki masters. Um, so um, I would like to encourage you to connect with us at spiritsisters65 at gmail.com. Um, uh, we both do readings, and you can find my website, thepeacefulparadox.ca, uh, or you can find our Facebook page, uh, Spirit Sisters. And feel, and Debbie says there's a link there where you can send us an email. Um, yeah, and there is, it's really easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we'd love, uh, we, this is part of our, our business and we both do this on, uh, separately as, uh, business owners. And, uh, we would love to be able to do some readings. I do, um, tarot wheel of life readings and medium readings and some other things and energy readings. And Deb, uh, do you want to share what you offer? Yeah, I'm, I do mediumship readings and also distance Reiki. So that would be an incredible thing to share. Um, it's kind of something that I do on the side and would love to share those gifts with you. If um, I particularly have a, a connection with anyone suffering with PTSD because I'm a former PTSD uh, experiencer. I wouldn't say survivor because it wasn't as serious as some people out there, but um, certainly can help with that. Uh, trauma seems to be something that I'm very drawn to, so to work with energetically. And she, yeah. You also have uh, hypnotherapy as well. Yes. 
Yes, I yes, do. And I, she's, I, I have personally experienced it. It's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so oh, we want to send our love and light to you all and all to those who don't know that there are sisters who love them and send our love out so they feel that they are truly not alone. And we want you to have a wonderful week. And next week we're going to talk about the West and continue this discussion about embodiment. Have a great week. Yeah. Yeah. You guys take care and thank you so much for listening. And uh, we really love having you with us and being able to share our um, thoughts and knowledge and wisdom and experiences. And it means a lot that you're joining us. Thank you.